Welcome to the Linnaean Society of London. If you know the extension of the... Please wait a moment. I grew up in an area where most people were relatively normal, like middle class people. But every once in a while there was a glimpse of something horrific, like blinking through the surface, um, sexual abuse, just relatively harmless violence, like like somebody got an earring ripped out of the ear. But you were like, who the f would rip an earring out of an ear so that the that you have a tear and like a bleeding wound there i mean how did that happen and so on so as a kid i was asking everyone else like oh it's nothing mark it's nothing it's don't worry don't worry about it uh, but i did worry <laughs> i'm mark binecki i'm a forensic biologist and i'm a fellow of the Linnean society of london My team and I, we go to crime scenes, but these could be crime scenes that are very old. And sometimes it's not even a crime, it's just a corpse there. We find stains like blood, saliva, sperm, pupae of insects, like sometimes fibers of clothing. And then we assemble a team and then we check out and look what is interesting. What does it mean? For example, um, we have a corpse that is inside of a casket, but the insects are insects that never enter caskets. Or so maybe the literature is wrong or we are wrong, so we set up experiments. And then, of course, a judge or a social worker or the police or a journalist would draw conclusions from that. We don't do that. So we are the, the experts for the little things on the edge of the edge. We try to really separate that what normal people would still consider to be a fact from what we as natural sciences consider to be a fact. In the courtroom, of course, you have a function. I mean, you are there and you are paid by the public, by the state, by the DA, by the defense, by somebody personally. I can be hired by anybody because I'm an expert for everybody, not for somebody in particular. And I learned from that that sometimes the questions that they ask, we misunderstand them. For example, was this a rape? Now, rape is a technical jur juridical term. It's a law term. That means something that is written in the law, but the natural sciences stick Uh, to natural laws and not to the laws that humans make and to the rules and the cultural values and the ethics and uh, even worse moral uh, values so we we would say well we found sperm heads in an area that before the body decomposed to the state in which we find it now was the genital or and or anal area or we find insects in a location that usually the insects do not prefer so maybe there was a wound but when they then ask us well but was that like a crime that was horrific or was it a crime at all could it could it have been an accident could the person have been falling into the knife then we're like i don't know i don't know if the person stumbled and fell into the knife i'm sorry i cannot answer that Linnaeus said that blowfly maggots can destroy a corpse, I think, of a, of a horse as quick 
as a lion could do it. What he actually said is a few flies can destroy the body, but what he meant is that the flies will deposit their egg patches and the, the maggots will then feed from the uh, corpse. The maggots can be really, really quick. I have seen that. Uh, sometimes they can just destroy the body or skeletonize the body if it's really warm and humid in a matter of days. So, of course, it's not literally speaking, a lion would probably be faster, but he already saw what we see today at crime scenes. So we took some insects out of the vault here at the Linnean Society and uh, one of the very common flies is the green bottle Lucilia Caesar. This is a green shiny fly very early at corpses and the flies can do two different things. They can either suck up some liquid for themselves, usually they like protein rich liquid because they want to build up eggs inside of their body and then later on they will also deposit eggs, the female flies of course, onto the body or they would very carefully try to crawl a little bit under clothing sometimes or you, sometimes you find egg patches deposited by Lucilia, the green bottle, under armpits. So this is a good indicator for early corpses, so to speak. That means usually when you find um, egg masses or a so-called maggot carpet out of these egg masses and egg patches, um, you can uh, you can make a calculation of the post-mortem interval. How long was the body exposed to Lucilia? It does not mean that the person was killed at that point because of course, and I'm serious, you can freeze a person and then Lucilia will not approach the body inside of your freezer. So it's really just the time since exposition. It's not the time since death. Another fly from the collection is Eristalis tenax. That's a beautiful fly because this was one of my first cases. I saw the flies as adults, these are hovering flies, inside of the Institute for Legal Medicine in a large city in Germany. And uh, I had absolutely no idea where they came from. They were not in the literature as flies that are attracted to corpses. But then I looked it up and they do like muddy situations, not in a symbolic way, but in a literal way. The larvae even have like a kind of a snorkel structure so they can breathe. I thought, well, that's interesting. Maybe this is helpful in cases where the body is washed uh, into an area that is a little bit muddy and then you can tell how long the body has been in this area. That could be interesting in a suicide case or in a case of dismemberment of a body because then sometimes people jump from a bridge, sometimes they got pushed from a bridge, sometimes they get dismembered and thrown, the body parts are thrown from a bridge and maybe that helps us to find out how long, especially when you look at the currents inside of the water, how long it must have been laying where it's laying now but also how long it takes the current to drag the body to where it is now. This uh, has already been done in actual cases. What we usually do is we throw pigs from the bridges then or parts of the pigs and then we look at both. First the current and then uh, insects that are not attracted to corpses like Eristalis. A beetle from the collection uh, called Staphylinus the Staphylid beetles, they have short, very, very short wings. There are a lot of these beetles. I personally cannot safely determine them. I always give them to colleagues who are specialists for this uh, group of beetles. And they sometimes bury holes, but only in large corpses. 
and this may sometimes look like a shooting wound, a close-up shooting wound. But the problem is other beetles too that do, uh, scarab beetles. Here for example there's Scarabaeus Hercules in the collection. This is not one of those who dig into the corpses but some other uh, beetles from that group do that. Dermestis is also here in the collection, would probably not do it. But you know the world of beetles is, is large and complicated. And sometimes in the courtroom we are asked, okay, is this hole in the back of this 17 year old dried out person? Is this an indication that force was applied against the back, which of course has very severe consequences for the perpetrator. If you stab somebody or shoot somebody from the backside of the victim, that is of course very bad, juridically speaking. And then sometimes we say, well, to be honest, we did drag out some larvae of, for example, a scarab beetle or sometimes also a staphylin beetle. So we are not so sure if this is an indication for force it could have been the beetle just using the side that was exposed to the beetles so maybe the beetles did it and then we would do experiments and check in this particular forest what may have happened